Hey, everybody, and welcome to our second United Spinal Roundtable discussion. Uh, it's a week after Valentine's Day. Love is still in the air. So what better time to talk about dating and relationships and how spinal cord injury affects that? Uh, well, getting a date may be as easy for some people as swiping right or sometimes swiping left, I guess. Uh, a spinal cord injury can add a whole other layer of complications uh, that most dating guys just can't prepare you for. Uh, and then once you do find that special someone, uh, how do you keep it special with all the complications and other things we have to deal with with spinal cord injury? Hopefully, uh, we're going to be able to provide some of those answers for you today. We've got a great panel of wheelers here uh, from all over and different experiences uh, who are going to speak to some of these questions and hopefully have a lively discussion that uh, will be interesting and informative. Uh, my name is Ian Ruder. I'm an editor for New Mobility Magazine and an employee of United Spinal Association. Uh, I'm a quad, a single quad at that. Very eligible, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> probably the most hopeless person when it comes to relationships on this podcast, so that's probably why I'm also single. Uh, first off, we also have uh, Bill Furtick. He's the director of United Spinal Resource Center. Bill, I thought maybe you could introduce yourself briefly and uh, tell a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, uh... Um, I, uh, I'm not in the dating situation. I've been, uh, married for 40 some long blissful years. Um, I got injured, uh, 18 years ago. So things changed, changed a bit, uh, for a while. And, uh, I'll be able to address the, uh, the long-term relationship, uh, change situation after spinal cord injury. Yeah. Sounds good. Jose, uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yep. Uh, my name is Jose Hernandez. I've been injured for 23 years. I was injured as a kid at 15. So, um, yeah, I've been on and off with the dating scene, and now currently I'm dating someone with a disability. Karen? Hi. Yeah. Um, I was injured at 19 in college, so I had dated a little bit before. Um, got married at about 25. Had three kids uh, that are 24, 20, and 17. My husband passed away a little less than two years ago, so I've dated a little bit since then. Um, not thrilled about it, but I am. So. <laughs> we have Daniela Casanino. She's an information specialist in the Resource Center. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I've been uh, injured for just over 20 years ago, and um, I... So I uh, live with my boyfriend that I met um, online, and in April, we're going to be have been together seven years. Awesome. So yeah, so we've got a, a wide range of experiences and uh, dating realities and relationship realities here. Uh, I thought maybe first, uh, we could start off with a really general question, but when you first think about the impact that spinal cord injury has on uh, being in a relationship or meeting someone to be in a relationship with, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you guys? The first impact? Um, I think people are put off, or there are gonna be a certain percentage of the population that might be put off by, um, by the wheelchair itself um, prior to getting down further into any of the other complications. But um, I think there's gonna be a certain percentage of the population that are gonna not even want to approach you um but there's a large enough percentage that do that i think you know more than i thought anyway when i was first injured 
Yeah, initially when I was in college, um, I was pursuing this young lady and it got back to me that she says, oh, he's cute, but he's in a wheelchair. So I got that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What about, I mean, when you guys, I, I think we've all probably experienced something like that uh, at, at one time or another. How do you find the confidence to put yourself out there, uh, whether it's on the internet or, you know, in bars or, you know, out just in the social situations to kind of counteract those sort of social prejudices that exist? I think I had to overcome a lot of shyness. Um, and then I was also super aware that I was going to get a lot of attention, that people were going to be looking at me a lot. So I think I went out of my way to make sure, like, and other girls in college, like, put their hair in a ponytail and had, like, some, you know, tacky T-shirt and whatever on. And I think I went out of my way to make sure I was dressed and my hair was done and I had a little bit of makeup on because if people were going to be looking, I was going to want to feel pretty good about myself. Um, it For the most part, that works. And I think once you obviously how you feel about yourself is, is expressed non-verbally. So if you're feeling good about yourself, I think you're going to attract more people. Jose, Jose, I imagine you also put a little makeup on and some you know, <laughs> pretty sure. beautiful red lipstick. I love it. It's <laughs> great. No, but you know, you get haircut and make sure everything's good. And when you feel good and look good on the outside, uh, you shine and you just attract different types of people and uh, attract the opposite sex or the same sex. Yeah, I have a bit of that, uh, Ian, as well, uh, with uh, Carrie and, and um, Jose's uh, reactions were because I think just generally, even aside from the, the, the dating situation specifically, when you exude confidence, you get you generally get treated that way. I've heard from a lot of people um, a lot of um, disparaging that they encounter out in the public and uh, some of the similar things, um, talking to the other person is with you. I've never really encountered that and possibly I'm forward enough that, um, that that just happens to work for me. But I think, I think just, you know, making your presence known um, is, is probably good in, in a lot of uh, endeavors and, probably helps in dating. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of related to that topic, um, in making your presence known. I think one of the big issues I think a lot of people deal with that I, we've, in New Mobility, we've talked about and I've talked personally with about is, uh, you know, when you're putting yourself out there, how do you present yourself? Do you put the wheelchair right out in front? Is it a part of your initial presentation if you're doing online dating or something like OkCupid? Or is there a way you bring that in later? What strategies or tactics have you guys used when it comes to that? Well, when I when I was trying to decide, like I had a, a, a particular friend of mine that was the one that he, he found uh, his girlfriend, girlfriend and now wife through Match.com, and he was trying to encourage, uh, and he's able-bodied. Um, but he was trying to encourage me to to do the same, and so he was the one I, that I was sort of consulting with. And I was like, "Well, how should I, you know, should I just, you know, how much should I reveal?" And he was like, "Well, you might as well just put it out there because that way, 
you know, you don't have to have like a big reveal or a big secret. It's like the guys that are going to contact you already, you know, you're already like weeding out a whole bunch of them. Well, initially, I started, you know, the online dating and I hid the fact that I was in a wheelchair. All my photos and everything was from the waist up and no headrest and, you know, I got a lot of hits. And then when I told them I was paralyzed, they kind of just disappeared. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, I did do the online apps and I just disclosed. I was like, I don't care if they're going to uh, date me. They're going to have to deal with me from one, um, beginning to end. So, Yeah. Have you played around with any of that stuff, Karen? No, um, no. But if I were to do that, I would definitely put it out there up front. Um, yeah, I can't even imagine having to do that sort of reveal later. I'm completely not interested in that. Um, so, yeah, but I I think being recently widowed sort of, like a little less than two years, um, that's a little too far out there for me at this point. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I have to say, I I think that I if I really wanted a relationship now I could people have shown interest um so I I know that it's a possibility I mean I know that I could probably find a boyfriend if I wanted one I think it's more the other personal uh you know your balance ladder issues that are are probably more of my um reservation and I think that's because most people can see that you're in a chair. They have no idea about, you know, other personal things, intermittent catheterization, other things that come along with a spinal cord injury. And I'm not excited to go through that process again, having to explain all these things to a new relationship. Um, so I think that's probably more my hesitation at this point. Yeah, that's actually a perfect segue because my next question was going to be, um, you know, how do you share or explain kind of those realities and all the extra stuff that comes with spinal cord injury um, in a dating situation with someone who you're interested in, but you don't want to, you know, scare away with all this extra stuff. What have you guys done? Well, uh, in the beginning, it, it's curiosity questions. They start out, oh, especially females and the males, uh, you know, how does it work? Uh, do you feel it? This, that, the other. And I usually lead in with that and, you know, just continue the conversation through that aspect once you're already in that area anyway, so. <laughs> what about you, Danielle? Did you have any, how did that work for you? Um, well, I, I was nervous to meet Matt face-to-face -face for I mean, we like just chatted online for probably almost probably almost two months before I was I was totally chicken to to like go out and meet him face to face. So because we had that, just like we would sit and just chat for hours and hours. Um, some of that stuff, you know, had already come up where I had already started bringing it up myself to, you know, to start preparing him. And then, um, like, he was just, he was, I mean, some people I think are just more understanding than others. He was just 
kind of like, well, tell me what I can do to help just right from the beginning. So, um, it's special. So. <laughs> no. Um, and Bill, maybe this is a good point to bring you in. I, I know the dating part was a little before your injury, but uh, after your injury, and you had you had to adapt to all these same kind of you know new SCI realities. What was that like? Um, how did you maintain the relationship that you already had? Sure, um, and uh, and I think a lot of people go through that, and uh, and there is going to be change and I think that if you know about it and you are actively um, trying to work on your relationship that's really anybody should be work, trying to work on their relationship daily if, if they value it uh, then, then it, it naturally makes its way through in my case um, I was uh, angry man I guess um, from the day that I regained consciousness and realized that um, whoops, it, um, it left the mark this time and now I'm paralyzed. I, I really wasn't concerned about that. What I was focused on was totally other things. And, and, uh, and, and I guess I was, uh, I was, I was harboring, you know, some, some anger, not, uh, not, uh, lack of realization of what paralysis was about. So, um, so it was really, uh, it was really incumbent on, uh, my wife to, to uh, understand that and wait for me to come around a little bit and wait for opportunities to uh, make me see that so that I, so that I uh, could react. One, one example, um, and, and I think you're probably going to address this differently, uh, separately later, is uh, changing of roles, especially in a long-term relationship where you've already had this established relationship and now things change. Um, I'll just say, I'll just say that uh, for us the uh, for me the uh, the pathway back to marital bliss came through the uh, through power tools. Um, my wife was particularly handy. She's very adept mechanically, and uh, and I knew that. But uh, hammers hammers and nails that combination not something that she had a skill set for. Everything else, but um, but it was so frustrating to me to not be the person on the ladder um, hammering the nail, which would have been intuitive. Um, that that it came out in, in in the form of being angry over the situation, and so the way that we addressed it is uh, through uh, nailers. and then we had a good laugh about it. And I think humor is very important for a relationship at any point along the way too. And so uh, that helped uh, me um, adjust a little bit and our relationship um, mature a little bit because I realized through the process that, you know, I was letting my uh, emotional state, my frustration damage our relationship. And in fact, um, a power nailer um, eliminated that frustration for me. And then we had a good laugh about that. So, that that's sort of how one of the ways that uh, that it evolved for us. Yeah, definitely. We'll come back to that, but um, I want to move around a little bit. Uh, Karen, what about with you? Uh, when you found your husband, you know, how did you adapt to kind of 
all, bringing him into your world of SCI stuff? Uh, well, I had been paralyzed for, um, gosh, quite a few years when I met Philip. So he he actually, I guess, somewhat pursued me. Um, I'd been in a long relationship with a guy that I was in the armed robbery with. Um, we were dating two years when I got when we were held up and got shot, and then we were in a relationship for five years after that. I ended up not marrying him, mostly because I think that there was a, it was too difficult to deal with um, what part of this is guilt and what part of this is love and what's really holding this relationship together. I ultimately decided to call the wedding off after invitations were mailed out. But um, oh wow, mom was thrilled about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then I met my husband a couple of years later, so he knew all about it. Um, that was kind of prior to the whole online dating scene. Um, that was a long time ago, but, um, I mean, I had dated quite several guys in between that, but, um, I think you have to be in a relationship for a while and decide this guy's like worth sticking around before. I think I took a many months before I disclosed the whole bowel and bladder issues and what I, you know, what it took. I hid that for a long time just to kind of see if he was, if he was going to stick around cause, um, and, or if I was going to stick around for that matter. Um, so uh, um, I guess that's the answer. I eased into it real slowly on that yeah. portion. Jose, you have kind of a unique situation that, uh, you're dating someone who also uses a wheelchair or something, right? Yep. Uh, she actually has uh, osteogenesis imperfecta, so it's basically brittle bones disease. Um, she, that's the only thing, you know, she breaks easily, but she's strong. Like, uh, we make it work. Um, she uses a power chair to get around. Uh, normally, she can use a manual chair and you know, it's great. Like we've been dating oh, a few months. It's going to be a year and we've been having fun. Does that, uh, has that impacted, does that made it easier or more difficult to share kind of, you know, the extra stuff that you need or do you have those discussions or how does that work? It's made it super easy since she's been disabled her entire life. Uh, anything I can throw at her, she's like, all right, you know, let's get past it and let's move on. I'm like, I've been power, uh, disabled my entire life. I've dealt with it. And not only has she been disabled her entire life, her mother um, is disabled, her brother's disabled, and her sister is disabled, uh, and her father's disabled. Wow. So she's had a lot of disability and has been around a lot of disability. So uh, she did learn a lot about spinal cord injuries. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that, that leads into the next thing of kind of trust and communication, which are obviously key to any relationships in any scenario, but uh, even more important when you've got complicated realities to convey and do that. Uh, do you guys have any special approaches or things that you've learned about how to communicate what your needs are, uh, special needs are around spinal cord injury with your partners or the people you're with? You know, I'll take a slice at that. I think, I think patience and respect uh, one for the other with both of you it goes a long way and again that that um that that's good for all types of relationships but um i in in preparation for this discussion i i conferred um uh, with my wife um on that too and she pointed out uh, that 
for her, um, nothing related to the disability is really an issue day by day or, or over a long time. Uh, but she does point out that uh, a respite from, from uh, the daily routine is uh, important for her and, and, and uh, is uh, very refreshing if it's, uh, if it's just so much as uh, taking off for a weekend or a long weekend to, to go visit relatives. She was just away last weekend for four days, and, uh, and I think being able to get those uh, breaks from the routine is healthy for, um, for people who are dealing with uh, the day-to-day -day grind of uh, some of the uh, disability-related things, um, and uh, probably also healthy for a lot of relationships. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you can get caught up with the routine, especially with the disability, uh, especially when it comes managing bowel bladder and everything like that. You know, you everything is so structured that you forget about the relationship and uh, how it can affect it. Uh, those surprises and get time to get away uh, definitely helps. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, maybe this is more for Jose and Daniela, but uh, Karen and Billy could speak to it too if it's applicable. But uh, one of the things that come up is drawing that line between partner and caregiver and whether you're the person you're with, you want them involved with your caregiving routine if you need assistance kind of with day-to-day -day things. How have you guys dealt with that? Do you have any, any strategies or tips for that? I try to a balance approach, you know, um, but if it was up to her, she'd just do everything for me. And I'm like, hold on, no. Uh, I think there needs to be that separation because uh, I don't want the relationship to become you know, like a dependency issue. I don't want to be, be become dependent on you. And one day we have an argument or something like that. And uh, we have to see each other anyway. So, uh, and also, you know, we're in a relationship you're my lover, my partner, my friend, not my caregiver. You know, so you can help me with certain things, but I do need that separation and, and ability to do things on my own. Definitely. I agree with that completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have, yeah, I also have separate caregivers, um, but what I, what we did, you know, what I did eventually agree to was to have um, him help me when we travel because that really has um, helped me more with my personal care when we travel because that has allowed us to travel and um, gives us a lot more flexibility than if, if, I, if we had to, you know, if I had to hire another caregiver or have somebody come with me. So this gives us a lot more freedom and um so that way it's not you know it's not all the time and he's a you know he's totally fine with helping and in those moments but i'm okay with him helping but mostly try to keep it separate yeah yeah that's for me, uh, for me, yeah, if I could well. sorry i'm sorry comment on that is what um what we do is for practicality purposes um, I'm fortunately totally independent on my own personal care, as a lot of parents are going to be. Um, but um, we get ready together in the morning because it's, you know, more time to 
talk, and uh, it's just it's just practical. We're, we're we both get to get we both get ready faster by getting ready at the same time and helping each other out than 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 using the space one at a time. So um, I think I think that ties into when. Uh, um, my wife uh, enjoys getting some respite for the routine. I think it's that. But but even though um, you know we help each other out, uh, um, I think mentally you just um, compartmentalize. You know what it is you're doing. If you're if you're you know helping somebody else out with uh, personal care, that's what that is. And and you don't commingle. You just naturally don't commingle the two you know, two different parts of your relationship. Yeah, yeah I'm really independent, but I just, I'm very open about my need for some privacy and just pretty much draw the line at that, like, go do something else, <laughs> need a little time to myself and kind of work it like that. Yeah. Um, Bill kind of touched on it before, um, but obviously one of the keys to any relationship is keeping it fresh and finding ways to, uh, you know, keep that special passion and love there as you, as you uh, age together and spend more and more time together and know each other better. Uh, how have you guys done that? Does spinal cord injury complicate that? Are there specific things that, um, you know, that, that seem to be more helpful in dealing with some of the mundaneness or the kind of repetitive realities that SCI does introduce? You know, I'll just I'll just make one quick comment on that, and 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 you know, after uh, one day the world changed for both of us, and once we got things um, under control again, um, back at home, um, and then the continual evolution of our lives, what our lives are now, and what uh, we both are now which is different from what we were before. We have a much, much stronger relationship and a much deeper relationship, uh, both of us with each other and both of us individually, um, I think, to the outside world than, than beforehand. Um, yeah, I would say just having had children that I would say children are more disruptive <laughs> to a relationship than my spinal cord injury has been. <laughs> But you complicate that, like if you do get married and you do have children and you do have a spinal cord injury and you are working, um, things do get difficult because there's almost no time for privacy and, and things do become very, and so I think back to the earlier point of um, making sure that you take time for the relationship away from all of that and, um, and have fun um, and get out of your normal routine. I think that applies not, you know, to a lot of things about just marriage and relationships in general, but um, definitely compounded, you know, if you're busy with the family work and you have an injury as well, because you're trying to fit a lot into a day. And yeah, usually sure. it's not your spouse. <laughs> can only, I can only imagine with three kids, the com complexities there too, so. Yep. It's called chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What about you guys, Jose, Danielle, anything left? Any want to add on that or I would say I would, you know, echo the sentiment. I, you know, we don't we don't have kids, just a cat. Um and but yeah, even so sometimes it feels like 
you know, it, it starts to be a routine, you know, get up, go to work, come home, get, you know, figure out dinner, you know, and then, you know, start all over again. Um, but so taking time to travel or go out or even just, you know, go to the movies or whatever, it's important. Um, that stuff is, is certainly important for a relationship and, yes. and for the for intimacy. And wrapping up, uh, everyone, we can just go around and, you know, if you guys have sort of a short uh, advice statement for someone who, you know, has had a spinal cord injury and is still sort of finding themselves and not confident about getting involved with dating or finding a relationship. You know, what, what would you say to that person and uh, uh, any maybe some advice about how they can rediscover that confidence or you know, find what they're looking for. You know, I would just say communicate. Just, you know, if you're willing to communicate what your thoughts and feelings are in a sincere way um, on any of a variety of topics or feelings that you have, um, I think that's important. When I am talking to some of the uh, constituents that call into the resource center, you know, and they have a certain feeling, I, I I try to gain some trust with them by just saying, well, you know, your feelings are real. Feelings are what they are, and they're real things. But you know, think about think about what might be affecting that to, to cause that feeling. Communication. Definitely. I think also you need to put yourself out there. Yeah, you need to put yourself out there. You uh, you're gonna have a lot of yeses. You're gonna have noes. You're gonna have ups. You're gonna have downs um in life any relationship um i had my struggles i've had dated individuals they turned out to be crazy like no stay away from me but um yeah i've also found some really beautiful people that accepted me for who i am and that is the most important part but if you don't put yourself out there you're not gonna find anyone so you have to have that confidence in, within yourself and that strength that you know i'm gonna get a lot of no's and um, but that one yes is the ones that are going to be more meaningful. Definitely. Yeah, I think that um, that once you kind of value yourself and you get that confidence back, if it's a new injury, that might take a little longer. I've been doing this for a long time, but I feel like I have a lot of a lot to give, and I have um, uh because of what I've been through, I think I'm even a better person than I might've been without my injury. And people will recognize that and the right person will recognize that. So I think, yeah, you gotta feel good about yourself and know that you, you know, you're know you you're a worthy person on your own. And um, so that means you're gonna make a great, great partner in a relationship. And it's, I think that people can see that in you. So you gotta let that shine. Yeah. Daniela? Anything you want, Anything you want to add? There we go. Oh, no, yes. I'd like to say, I love what Sharon had to say. I totally agree. And um, I um, and I think, you know, I, I mean, what, how, what happened to me is I just felt, I just flat out was felt like, you know what, I'm lonely and I'm sick of it. And so finally I was like, well, what do I have to lose? You know, I'm not getting any younger and time is going by and I'm just going to do it. So. I think some, you know, and then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, 
then it, you'll, you find that, that uh, you know, if you look at the way the internet, especially online, I think, the internet, there's some, you know, there's some, a web page out there for every crazy interest and, you know, activity. Well, there's kind of, you know, it's a good chance you'll find some, somebody that's into you. So. Oh, good. I'm so glad you said that. That was perfect. Um, uh, I think that's a great note to end on, actually. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up? Thank you for asking me to be on the discussion. Yeah, thank you guys all so much for doing it. Um, I just want to put one, one last plug in. Um, if you're watching this and if you want to have any more thoughts or want to learn more, um, our February issue of Mobility is our annual Sex, Wheels, and Relationships issue. Uh, it's free online if you go to newmobility.com uh, and check it out there. And also definitely check out United Spinal uh, online. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. And we'll hopefully do this again soon. <laughs>